0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. And tonight our special guest is Aaron Dalavila. Aaron, thank you so much for being here with us. How you doing, man?
1: Doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me, man.
0: Dude, I gotta tell you, that booth is rocking that you're in right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, this uh I got it during the pandemic actually because I was like, I gotta I gotta do something. So that's when I got more into voiceover. So I actually ordered it online and it came in, then I kinda tricked it out.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'm here in this little corner here. I, the best I have is this little green screen behind me. So we do it the best with what we have, right?
1: And no, no judgment, man. Yes, we do it the best we got, man. Just work <laughs> with what you got. Work with what you got. Yeah.
0: So let's get, uh, let's get started. All right, man. I looked at, you have been, you have 58 acting credits.
1: Yeah.
0: Damn, dude. Yeah. How old, yeah. Did you, how old were you when you started?
1: Uh, when I started, I did my first movie when I was 20.
0: Damn. And they just kept coming. I mean, that's a lot of credits.
1: I work. Thank you, man. I I work really hard. You know, you, you just, uh, I just, um, if there's anything I do, I just keep putting myself out there. You know, I just keep. Keep throwing it at a wall. See if it sticks. See if it sticks. That's about it.
0: That's awesome. Now, did you always know you wanted to be an actor or later? I mean, late. you started at 20. When did you know that you wanted to be an actor professionally?
1: When I was uh, 20 years old, I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer when I was 13 because I started doing dance and I went pro when I was 18. And I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer. Uh, but I knew I was going to be an entertainer ever since I was young. My grandmother would call me Jim Carrey. And, uh, so I just fell into it and, uh, it's something that I, that I've loved and, uh, but I knew I was always meant to be an artist.
0: Now is, do you still have the love for dance?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I still do projects for dance. I actually am in talks to, uh, do a show, an off-Broadway show next, uh, year, if nothing else comes up.
0: Okay, cool. Now you have done quite a bit of horror. Uh, would you consider yourself a horror fan?
1: Uh, You know, I didn't really like horror until I started doing horror, and then I started seeing the community that was behind horror. Uh, It's one of the most faithful communities that I've ever experienced. Uh, They become real fans, and they love it so much that um, I started to kind of feed off their enthusiasm and started to love it myself. So I became a horror fan after I started doing horror movies.
0: Yeah, it is a community like none other, other. I mean. Oh, bar none, bar bar none. none. That, that,
1: the sci-fi community
0: are, forget about it. Uh, So let's talk about some of your horror flicks. You did Trick. Now Trick was directed by one of our guests, Patrick Lussier, who's Mm -hmm. an absolutely phenomenal human being. I mean, you can't find a cooler person than Patrick. Uh, Veteran, experienced. What was it like working with Patrick?
1: Uh, Patrick is a gem of a human being and a gem of a director. He really lets his actors play. Uh, He knows exactly what he wants. Uh, He comes from an editing background, so he knows how he's going to cut the scene and to be able to work with someone who directed, you know, Nicolas Cage and Amber Heard is just, you know, it's it's phenomenal.
0: It is. It is. Now, is it true you developed a song that was inspired by your role in Trick? Tell us about Absolutely.
1: that. Yeah. So uh, I was so inspired by uh, Smooth Johnny and uh, the script was written by Todd Farmer, another gem of a human Uh, And I was only on for a couple days but they ended up extending my part in the script as we were shooting and I was I was in love with this character so much that I said you know what I got to write a song about it. So I just started crafting a song and then I brought it to production and I said what do you guys think about this and they said oh my gosh we love it now they couldn't use it for the movie however I knew later on in life that it is something that I wanted to eventually put out there because as I said before. I just keep putting myself out there, you know, uh, if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing ventured, nothing gained.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now with uh, smooth Johnny, mm-hmm. uh, you had a lot of freedom to sort of expand on this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Patrick give you a lot of leeway?
1: Oh, ton. ton. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, improv that I did in the movie. I think the whole scene when, i'm in the church and we're watching night of the living dead and i'm with uh troy yeah uh uh that that whole scene is basically uh scripted with improv he he, he really let me run wild uh with that character
0: now when you were developing this character and you just said a lot of it was improv mm-hmm. were there was there what was your big inspiration while doing that
1: You know, I just tapped into the party boy in me, you know, because Smooth Johnny is a party boy who keeps it cool. And uh, I have a lot of experience from life playing that guy, playing the life of the party. So it wasn't much of a stretch for me to go there.
0: Now, when you were reading the script, you said that it was a shorter role for you. At which point Mm -hmm. did your role get expanded?
1: After the first day. After well, the first day, yeah, it was only on for a couple of days, but then it turn- the, the days doubled and uh, I all of a sudden new scenes were written in for me and I was like, great, this is awesome. So that verified to me that they liked what I was doing with the character.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 2018, you know, mm-hmm. probably one of your biggest roles in The Pledge. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it addresses hazing brutality of college fraternities. The the film had a really good, you know, pace to it. There was no slow moments. What was it like, you know, being there and what was it like shooting it? Was it really quick? Did you feel it was uh just real high fast-paced action while you guys were shooting?
1: Uh, you know, we did have a skeleton crew, so it was a very light crew. You know, this is an indie budget that was essentially made for nothing. A lot of people think that this is a half a million dollar or a million dollar film. Pledge's budget was one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Wow! You know, yeah, which is which is nothing for what it turned out to be. But we had an a, amazing cast, an amazing director, and Daniel really let us play and go at it. And it felt like one of those experiences where uh, there was no pressure. You know, sometimes you show up to set and you're like, oh, I gotta get this thing right. It wasn't that, it was just us playing and shooting the crap, you know, and uh, yeah, and there was yeah, it was a relatively short shoot, so you had to get it in, get it done. But we were all still finding it together as we were doing it, and then we had a this phenomenal editor, Nick Voitas, who cut it together, who turned it is to what it is, and I really do believe that it's on its way to becoming an indie horror. Uh, cult classic. Yep. I really yeah. I really think so.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I people who watch me I get tired of me saying this, but I always tell people a movie's not going to be judged when it comes out on opening weekend by critics. History will put a movie in its place. And yep. you got to give it time. And all great movies were pretty much ripped apart when they first came out. And it wasn't until the years have passed that they settled into what has now become classic history. Now, the film is very character-driven, especially in the first 20 minutes. How do you feel about your character in Pledge?
1: Uh, I, he's one of my favorite characters I've ever played. Uh, it was just so much fun. Uh, And there was so much room. Um, Daniel Robbins is one of my favorite directors to work with. And we've actually worked on three projects now. We've worked on two more feature films since uh, Pledge, actually. And those are in post-production. He really just lets me do my thing. He takes the words that he's scripted and given to me. And he just lets me play. And it was just so much fun and uh it, you see the work on the screen and i can really see myself having fun and to i've always wanted to play an american psycho junior type so it was really cool when slash film actually said aaron Della villa and american psycho junior type so that was really <laughs> cool for me uh so uh you know like i said you just keep putting it out into the universe man you just keep doing it and like you said you know, a lot of films were ripped apart when they first came out. You know, there were some good reviews. Uh, the whore outlets loved it. The mainstream outlets hated on it. But uh, I really do think that it uh, it's you really stand. Uh, it will stand the test of time.
0: I agree. I completely agree. Now, uh, it's sort of sort of like a satire film, but it touches on a very real subject on what is still happening today in regards of hazing fraternities Do you think that was an important topic that needed to be addressed in movies?
1: 100%, because I think right after the film came out or around the same time that we were shooting the film, someone was actually killed Mm -hmm. in a fraternity uh, from alcohol abuse and and these, these conditions. I mean, I think the film speaks to the larger aspects of What is this sort of toxic masculinity culture that we've cultivated in these um, sort of um, incubators, which are the colleges, and how dangerous it is to uh, these young men Mm -hmm. and um, what it means to be a man? And it's all BS. You know what I mean? I think it speaks to that larger sort of um, uh, idea.
0: Exactly. I totally agree. Now, you have uh, several lighthearted comedic scenes in in the film uh is that something you're comfortable doing when you know when it comes to comedy
1: i i love comedy i love comedy Uh, a lot of people may think that i'm better at comedy than drama actually yeah i i actually um i i am fortunate enough to be able to do both to feel comfortable in both drama dramatic roles and comedic roles i actually have a movie with uh game of thrones james faulkner uh, where I play the supporting lead who's the comedic character and that film is in post-production. Actually, that film's done. It's just okay. waiting to be sold to a distributor and stuff and I play the the comedic supporting lead in that one. So I'm very comfortable when it comes to comedy and Daniel allowed us the opportunity to flex our comedic chops like the scene when I was coming out of the door when the guys were exhausted in the room for like 12 hours yeah. and I go, bang. I Clap my hands and stuff. That was all just me playing and just going for it. I that thought was it was
0: all. hysterical, the leg crossing in the air and all that. Oh,
1: that was all just me, just doing my thing. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, all right. Yeah. Just yep. 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 Yep.
0: Did you do any kind of research into that role? I mean, not the role, but fraternities, what's going on in yes. today's colleges? Tell yes. us about that.
1: Uh there were some uh horror stories that I researched Uh, Then I also looked into the secret societies such as Skull and Bones because Mm -hmm. the, you know, Cryptea is a very Skull and Bones secret society. I had been researching Skull and Bones and being, you know, obsessed with the Illuminati, the occult since I was a kid. So it was really cool to kind of take on that character who was, you know, born into that world. Uh, So having done that research really helped me fit the mold for that character and know his sort of swagger. Uh, So, Yeah. Yeah, and then, then just combine that with like the sheer brutality from the research that I did with just regular uh, fraternities. And uh, I think I, I really I really locked into them.
0: Now, you know, like we said earlier, you have 58 credits to your name. Uh, down the line in the future is something – do you want to do some directing, producing behind-the-camera work as your career progresses? And with that being the case, part B of the question is – when you're actually doing a film, do you try to pick up on the different directors and how they do stuff that separates them from anybody else?
1: Um, you know, okay, so I have done a couple producing things. Uh there's a horror film called Immortal. I'm an associate producer mm-hmm. on that one. Uh I was uh producing another project that unfortunately fell through and then I'm an executive producer on a couple projects with Daniel Robbins and I'm a co-producer on two of his upcoming films. Uh, and then this other one which is technically a sequel to Pledge that okay. I can't really which I can't really talk about oh. um, but I'm a co-producer on that. Uh, and when it comes to watching directors, mm, I'm so focused on when I'm yes, I do want to direct more and produce more down the line 100%. Right now my focus is acting. Uh, when I'm acting, I just purely focus on acting. You know, and sometimes I'll I'll see it's a vibe I get from the director. I'll be like, if I'm really liking the set and the vibe they're going, I'm saying, huh, I wonder what they're doing. How are they doing it differently? You know what I mean? I actually have the opportunity to. I'm shooting another horror project uh, with uh, Kane Fodder uh, and. Um, Kane, and Hodder? M- Kane Hodder came hotter. That's it. Okay. Kane hotter. Okay. Yeah, I play he I play his son in it actually so Kane Kane Hodder and uh, Bill Mosley a new horror wow. project. Yeah uh, That I'm shooting next week and I get to play both sides of the field I'm actually going to be working as one of the crew on some of the days and then acting it as well so that's when I'll really start to look at the way things operate because when I'm in an acting mode, all I focus on is acting.
0: You know what I mean? That's true. Okay. Now, Bill Mosley, Kane Hodder. I mean, they're horror icons. Bill Mosley, of course, from Rob Zombie's uh, Mm -hmm. House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, You know, just going off topic here, what do you think of like Rob Zombie's House of of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, if you've seen those movies.
1: You know, I was dating this girl who tried to have me watch House of a Thousand Corpses. I think it scared the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) when I first started watching because I grew up in a very Christian household where we were told that, you know, horror movies are the devil and all that stuff. And Rob Zombie was like scary, you know. And now I actually listen to Rob Zombie's Creek Pop-Bop uh, on repeat yeah. on Amazon Music. So uh, I'm a fan of his music. And um, no, I, I think her and I watched the movie. I mean, we didn't get through the whole movie, if you know what I mean. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. So, uh, But um, what I really want to talk about, which I'm really excited about, is my next upcoming movie with, uh, speaking of legends, um, Lance Henriksen.
0: Oh wow. I
1: star in a movie. It's my biggest role yet. Um I oh. star in a movie opposite Lance Henriksen. Wow. I'm the lead in the movie called Alpha Rift. It is an action fantasy sci-fi film that will be making its premiere to select AMC theaters and streaming November nineteenth, so in less than two weeks. Holy and I'm opposite Lance Henriksen, yeah. And you can find the trailer on YouTube, right now, the trailer's everywhere. What's we have it called? 100- Alpha Rift.
0: Alpha Rift. Now, Lance Henriksen, I'm like, oh my yeah. God. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, Where do you start with him? Aliens? Oh, I mean, uh, it's an M- endless... Aliens,
1: Millennium, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the man is a uh, national treasure and also, you know, Vigo Mortensen's directorial debut, Falling. Uh, he is one of the funniest men I've ever met because I got a lot of time with him on set. I actually have videos of him and I. Are you talking going about
0: Vigo or Lance? Lance,
1: Lance, Lance. 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 I, okay. I have videos of him and I going over the script, actually, um, in the era the bed and breakfast that we were both housed at. So I'm holding on to those for a long time. Uh, what a what a general, national treasure, and uh, wow, it's. Uh, Learning from these icons who I've who I've worked with uh is, is a lot. But yeah, Alpha Rift is, is gonna be it's it's a big deal for me. So give us a brief
0: this... synopsis of what Alpha Rift is about.
1: Okay. Uh Alpha Rift is about a gamer dude named Nolan Parthmore who runs a game shop who worships a sort of D and D. A game, tabletop game called The Noble Men, and he's grown up with it his whole life. What he finds out is that the game that he adores and loves is actually real, and he's the bloodline of a medieval knight. So he's a bloodline of a medieval knight. So he gets thrust into a society of modern-day medieval knights, and he has to fight supernatural evil.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah.
1: And I'm a very Marty McFly kind of type in that. So I'm not pledge evil, you know, like, a certain, you know, Mr. American psycho junior, I'm a fun, lighthearted guy who has to sort of take on his destiny and eventually show some grit.
0: And this sounds like an action sci-fi film.
1: It's a total action sci-fi film. It, it moves. Uh, it premiered at dances with films earlier this year at the prestigious uh, Chinese theaters, uh, we have an eight out of ten film threat gave it a seller review. Uh, the trailers everywhere it got picked up by vertical entertainment for domestic distribution and then sublimity for international. So it's gonna it's a it's a big deal for me
0: so oh, it yeah. sounds like a big deal. You said in two weeks yeah. is it coming out simultaneously to those select AMC theaters and video on demand?
1: Oh yeah oh yeah yeah it's gonna be coming on to Apple TV and other places. Um,
0: along with select AMC Theatres. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh. Can't wait for that. I'm a huge Lance Hedrickson fan. Uh, thank you, thank
1: you, thank you.
0: Now, do you are you the lead role in this one?
1: I, I'm the lead. Nice. I am the lead, yeah.
0: So, yeah. you know, with that movie and everything else that you have in pre, a post-production, and it says you have a movie that you're currently filming, what wow. would you say is the one movie to where you absolutely fell in love with your character? That's a Um, tough one, huh?
1: Yeah, well, that's, well, I I have to counter that and say that's an unfair, uh, I'm unable to say one in particular because these characters all had their specific unique things that uh, brought out a certain thing within my personality that I fell in love with. You know, Max, uh, there was a sick, sadistic vibe to him. Nolan Parthmore, it was his, you know, loviness and, you know, kind of play a cool guy, Marty McFly kind of thing. And then Trick Smooth Johnny, he was just a straight up frat bro, uh, fun loving, didn't think it was bad to be playing this murder game. You know, as messed up as that sounds. But each of these characters I really fell in love with, especially this um, my first big job was a series called Duels. It was for an app called Black Pills, which was Quibi before it became Quibi. So it's a different it, it's not like a rebranding thing. It was a sure. Sh- you know, we did 10 minute episodes, 10, 10 minute episodes, and I was the lead of that show. And it was this guy named Malcolm Carver, who's a misunderstood college student who takes up the death of this girl that he loved after this guy posted a video of them having sex on the, on, on the computer. So mm-hmm. he, he, he has this unrequited love from this girl. So he challenges this guy to a duel and he kills the guy in the duel and he becomes famous for challenging people and being really a good, uh, gunslinger and dueling takes the world by storm. And that was, uh, if I can say to rephrase it, if I can say what was the project that kind of started it all for me? Yeah. I would have to say bl- a Duels, Black Pills. That was when my career was like, okay, you're just getting started. Because it, it, right after I shot Duels, I went right to Pledge. Nice. So, yeah, it was it was really cool. That was the the catalyst.
0: Now, you have done a sort of wide variety of characters. You have not been pigeonholed to playing only horror-type movies. Is that important to you? Um, A lot of people, you know, without them doing it on purpose or doing anything wrong, sort of get boxed into playing a certain type of characters on certain types of movies. You have avoided that. Uh, Is there a secret to avoiding that?
1: John, I'm so happy you brought that up. Because uh, the last thing I would want to be is pigeonholed into a certain uh, type and only play that. Don't get me wrong. If you have a specific type, do it. Mm-hmm. Play it. Do it. Do it. Do it. The advice I can give is expand your skills. You know, I, I can come at them with I used to be a ballet dancer. You know, I was involved in voiceover. I've done hosting jobs. I've done live jobs, commercials, theater, you know, like being able to play that wide variety keeps yourself working in all different avenues. So I really like that. And I'm happy that I haven't been pigeonholed. And I think that, you know, like after pledge came out, I was worried that, oh, they're just going to type me as that guy, which I do book that guy. You know, I have an episode of Gossip Girl coming out later this month where I do play that guy. But that is why I'm so happy that I have also Alpha Rift, which is the complete opposite. Yeah. So and Alpha Rift is gonna open me up to a whole nother world. I'm thinking Marvel, Disney, you know, that lighter hearted kind of stuff, even though it is serious. So I'm really excited to see what happens and um I like to think of myself as the wild card. When it comes to casting directors, you know, I think people are starting to look at me as the wild card and be like, OK, where can we put him? You know, because uh, I just want to show them that, yes, I can play a multitude and variety of roles and just I can work in everything. That's my job as an actor to just keep working
0: and to, you know, bring that point even further home. You have you have appeared in Gotham, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which Uh, was shot in New York city and on a soundstage. What was your experience like working on Gotham? Gotham
1: was really cool. Uh, I got to work with uh, Corey um, and it was, uh, you know, I think that was my first co-star job. It was my first big set job. You know, I get there and you know, you have the whole crew and they light the car on fire and all that stuff. And you have a stunt double uh, you know, a 14-hour day and just, just so cool. It was my first sort of breaking the ice on my first uh, sort of co-star TV job. So, uh, yeah, vibe, uh, TV in general is much faster than film. Do you
0: have a preference uh, between the two, films or TV?
1: Well, I, I guess what I can say is besides Duels, which is TV, but it was 10-minute TV and it felt more like a movie, I guess uh, right now I prefer films more because the roles I've played in films are bigger. Mm -hmm. When I do book a bigger TV show down the line, we'll see what happens. We'll see what I prefer. Yeah. But as of right now, I really like film because with TV, it's like, okay, we have to tell this 30 minute story We got to get through these points, dot, 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 and make sure that we tell this to the audience within 30 minutes with commercial breaks and blah, blah, blah. With film, it's like, oh, we don't know what this thing is, so let's collaborate together. So hopefully when I, but I think you can do that when you are the series lead or series reg of a TV show. I think you have a lot more input. When you're the co-star, you just come on. And it's not about you. It's about you propelling the story forward to help the leads. So that's all I do. When I come on as a co-star for Gossip Girl, I have to act like a drunk guy and call the girl a B word. So that's to heighten her point of anxiety Mm -hmm. because the paparazzi and blah, blah, blah. So all I do is just go on and that's my thing. There's not much to it, you know?
0: Now, is there any character that you want to play, not specifically like a named character, a type of character, that you have not had a chance yet to play that you really want to do,
1: the remake of Back to the Future.
0: The so you want to be the real Marty McFly?
1: Absolutely, that's definitely on my list. Uh, everyone wants to play the Joker. I'd rather, I'd like to play the Riddler.
0: I could totally uh, see you as the Riddler.
1: I would. I think I'm much more suited for the Riddler than than Joker um, because of the comedic element. Uh, I want to do a remake of The Mask.
0: Um, so you're a big Jim Carrey fan.
1: I am. I am. I really think he's he's absolutely brilliant.
0: He's yeah. He's, uh, he's, and he's you know, genius.
1: a lot of people when 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 pet when uh Pet Detective Ace Ventura, I would do a remake of Ace Ventura, or I want to play Jim Carrey's son in a project. You know, like if they they did Ace Pet Detective Four, um, and basically uh,
0: that's a great idea. Ace
1: I, 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 I'm already looking at it. Believe me. Uh, when I auditioned for SNL, I did a, uh, a impression of him. I sent off a tape to and I'll never heard anything back, but it doesn't matter. I got the audition, which was really cool. So yeah, that I got to play a hip hop mogul type already. Uh, um, in the, all those small things movie with, uh, James Faulkner. So that was amazing. And I also made two songs for that character. So even though Smooth Johnny Trick, I wasn't able to have my song in the movie like I wanted. I ended up getting it down the line when I played a different character than that movie has yet to come out. And I have two songs that I made for the character in the movie.
0: That's a, so My executive producer just uh, messaged me. You could be his son on Liar Liar. <laughs> liar, liar? <laughs> That's a cool idea. No. no, that
1: would that would be that would be fantastic. Um and then uh you know people like to say that I have a Tom Cruise element to me as well. Like I'm almost if like Jim Carrey and Tom Cruise had a baby. I am very much interested in action movies as well. Uh but I really want to be in the Matrix something in the matrix. Uh, I had a like a
0: reboot type thing because Oh,
1: I, I auditioned for the the Matrix 4 and um, I got uh check a veil for it. But oh. that was it. That was all that it came down to. But uh that was uh to be to be in the Matrix mm-hmm. would be amazing. Obviously Marvel DC um I, if I were to play a superhero or a villain, I'd want to play some version of Spider-Man. I think I'd want to play Spider Man or one of his villains. One of the villains. I think the uh, there's a dark version of Spider Man. I can't think of it right now. Um, there's some multiverse Spider Man version.
0: Yeah, I think they tapped in it with uh, one of the Tobey Maguire movies where he the he gets with that alien and his suit turns black. Is that what you're referring to? No,
1: no, no, not Venom. There's a different type of. Ooh, let me let me see. Hold on, one second. Okay. Let's see. This is um there's a specific one that I wanted Scarlet. Scarlet okay. Spider Man. Scarlet right. Spider Man. That's what I'd want to play. That's I'd awesome. wanna play Scarlet Spider Man. So I do have these dream roles and, and stuff and, and this idea of what I wanna do and um
0: Top you know, of my I- list, just talking to you for these last thirty minutes. You're the Riddler. <laughs>
1: Which is which is funny because uh, I actually did a, I played the Riddler in a comedic skit, but some you know something small, but yeah. But thank you so much. I I think I would really, really have a fun time with the Riddler. So I'm really interested to see what Paul Dano does with it in mm-hmm. the new Batman. But yeah. I think that Batman is going to be just very very dark.
0: Oh, it is. Well, first of all, yeah. Warner with Batman. They've always taken, you know, it's not like your Marvel movies. I mean, even just the tone of the film itself. I'm talking about the quality of the film. It's all very dark. The DC done with Warner Brothers, as opposed to the Marvel films, they're much more lighter. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're, I mean, they're great movies. I love the Marvel movies, but the DC Warner Brothers, you know, comic book, Batman's and whatnot just have a much darker feel to them. Do you agree with that?
1: 100%. And especially the Robert Pattinson version. I mean, in the trailer, it looks like he straight up kills the dude. Yeah. You know? Like, it's crazy. And then we all saw Joker, uh, and it made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, yeah. yeah That's but...
0: awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Colin Farrell uh, is, I mean, I am, I'm so looking forward to the Batman. I cannot, I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, anyway, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. We're going to look for that movie. That's coming out in two weeks with Lance Henriksen. It's called alpha. What again?
1: Alpha rift,
0: alpha rift guys, check it out in two weeks. It's coming out to select AMC theaters and to video on demand. Uh, You know, it stars Aaron, uh, Lance Henriksen. I'll be checking it out. Any final thoughts before we go?
1: No, just, uh, John, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you.
0: Oh, it's been my pleasure. You are like this huge, exciting ball of energy. (laughs) Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I want to thank Aaron. I want to thank our viewers for tuning in. Thank you so much. Until next time, stay safe. And on behalf of Aaron and myself, stay walking, guys.
1: Stay walking.